0: And this morning we usually have a Bible reading at this time before our message Chantelle is going to speak to us today and we are so privileged to have Ezra come and do our Bible reading so give him a warm welcome as he comes up to read I'm reading from Matthew 6:19 to 34 Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and rust destroy and where thieves break it and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break it and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light, but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If ever in you is darkness, how gray is the darkness! No one can serve two masses, for you will either hate the one and love the other, or will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God or money. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the air, they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns. tomorrow will be anxious about itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble.
1: Thank you very much. Ezra, Chantel's coming up. We are resuming the Sermon on the Mount series that we've been working through in December and uh, we've done three and we've got three more to go and uh, Chantel is kicking off the final three that will happen in this, this month... And so, would you please join me as I pray for Chantelle as she begins to speak to us this morning. God, we thank you that your word is a living word. Jesus, you are the word made flesh. But the words on the pages of the book that we have, they convey truth to us. You speak. And Father, we are looking to you and we ask you to open our ears and our eyes to the wonders in your word and let your word run swiftly into our spirit this morning to accomplish the purpose for which you are sending it. And Father, we ask for your blessing on Chantelle. We thank you for the time that she has put in to prepare this for us this morning. And so we ask you to anoint her with your spirit of grace to speak with a confidence and a boldness. For your honour and glory, Lord, and even maybe startle her with things that unfold as she begins to speak that maybe are not even in her notes because your anointing is flowing through her. I pray for your honour and glory. Amen.
2: Good morning. Happy New Year. (laughs) It's a privilege to start this year sharing with you. It's always a privilege to seek out the scriptures. I'm not much of a New Year's resolution person, but being the first Sunday here, I thought I'd give you a good New Year's resolution. Choose God. Seek God. Treasure God. As believers, Jesus calls us to take note of where the attention and the affection of our heart lies. What or who do we treasure most? In what or whom do we put our hopes and trust? Because the answer to those questions determines how we can better live a life filled with generosity and free from anxiety. Jesus calls us to seek treasure. We were created to be treasure seekers. We are all created to yearn for something more, something special. But the question we must ask is what is that special treasure we seek most? We have a choice in the treasure that we chase after. What do we put our highest value on? What are we willing to throw our time and money towards? Is it riches, fame, health, food, any number of earthly things that we seek to fulfill our needs and bring satisfaction? Or is it the one true living God who has created all these things, has power over all these things, and can give all good things to us? Do we treasure the creator himself or the created? Jesus says we have a choice. And the choice we make is the direction our heart continues to travel. This is what the message version says. The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. Now, Jesus is teaching his disciples here. So this is a question we as followers must keep asking ourselves. We have tasted and seen of the goodness of God, but do we continue to live in pursuit of that? Or are we settling for less? In coming to Christ, we have, to some measure, seen a glimpse of treasure. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4 that God has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. He says we're like clay jars that carry glorious treasure. So we have this glorious treasure, but do we know it? Do we live like it? Do we live to pursue and unlock that which has been given to us and made freely available to us? So I was thinking of a visual image to give you, and I thought of a rock climber. This guy is climbing El Capitan in Yosemite, California. Apparently, this is one of the most difficult climbs in the world, so it's a challenge. But look at the reward from the top. A beautiful viewpoint. The top of the mountain is beautiful and glorious. So this is a picture I want to give you that we have as Christians, as believers, as believers we are invited up to the mountaintop. He gives us everything we need to get there, to stay there. Now, rock climbing is very difficult if you keep your eyes fixed on the ground and never look up. You're not going to get very far. If we keep our eyes fixed on the things of earth, we are missing the joy of the view from the mountaintop. We'll miss the greater glory that awaits us. God has so much to offer us, but if we stay on the ground, we miss it. Where our treasure is, our heart is, Jesus says. So the question we ask ourselves, what do you treasure and how will you build your life around pursuing that treasure? We can work and chase and purchase earthly possessions, wealth and fame, but it will not last. Our shoes and clothes will eventually get stained and holy. Money will be stolen. It can change in value. Social media fame is only as successful as the 10 seconds it lasts before someone else outposts you. Technology, academics, sporting achievements, food, beauty, the list goes on, even putting our trust and hopes in people, parents, teachers, governments. It's guaranteed... They will all let us down at some point. They are not perfect. If these things hold more value in your life, you will spend your time and effort chasing the temporary and imperfect, and that is all you will get. Temporary, fleeting pleasures here today, then gone, stolen, or out of date by tomorrow. And the satisfaction it brings is just as fleeting. But God offers us treasure that is eternal, He is our mountaintop, our beautiful summit view. Christ is perfect and perfectly trustworthy. He never lets you down. And his kingdom is righteousness, joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. His kingdom is the promise of all things being made new. His kingdom is no more war, no death, no tears, no sickness, no pain, no more nightmares, no more being afraid. This is the wonderful treasure we have, abundant eternal life, God as our Father, Jesus our Savior, Holy Spirit our Helper. So my encouragement to you today, even in this new year, lift your eyes again to the mountaintop, the greatest treasure, and choose God. Now, I am aware that some of you may have never really encountered the beauty of God in a way that has truly captivated your hearts. Maybe you're actually quite happy with what you have here on earth right now and you never really think about wanting anything more. Or maybe you do want more of God, but the pull of the world is so strong and you always find your gaze drifting back down. We all find times in our life when our gaze drifts, when our view of God is dulled. This is something for all of us. So how do we keep our eyes on God? How do we keep... Seeking God. Just a few practical things. We choose God daily, again and again. We ask him for his help. We pray things like Ephesians 1, spirit of wisdom and revelation, to know you, open our eyes. Psalm 27, 4, I want that one greatest desire again and again. Psalm 16, I set the Lord before me. I choose him as my portion. It's an active, deliberate seeking. It's about carving out time, even being accountable with that time if you need to, to make space and sit with God, to get alone with him and invite the Holy Spirit to move. It's about meditating, actively connecting through reading and writing the word, praying, singing, listening, giving opportunity for God to speak. And it's also important to find like-minded people that you can run together with, connect with a community, like here at New Life, people who are working together to build their lives around this reality of God first, God the the ultimate treasure. I have found that when I consciously carve out time and give give God space, when I spend time reading his word, talking to him, worshipping him, I begin to desire more of that. The more time I spend with him, the more I enjoy it. The more I enjoy him, the more I desire him. The more I desire him, the more I treasure him. You get the idea. The more I treasure him, the less I treasure the world. It's the word of of Helen Lemmel's hymn. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of his glory and grace. So we must continually look to the mountaintop. Our hearts are continually lured into the glitz and glam of this world, and God's enemy also does his best to tempt us there, because he knows that if our eyes are fixed downwards on the world, we're kept dulled to the heavenly glories above in Christ. So we must wage war against the temptation to trust the things of earth rather than the heavenly God himself. Paul said in Colossians 3, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly treasures. Feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm, the Passion Translation says. When we lose this mountaintop gaze, we can find ourselves stuck halfway up a mountain or stuck at the bottom when we lower our gaze, we become more enticed and distracted by things like work, shopping, social media, binge watching TV, the busyness of life. This is the reality. When my thoughts become more world or self focused, it is because I have lost my Christ focus. I begin to depend on my own strength or trust in earthly possessions or experiences to satisfy me rather than on God. And it takes a conscious choice. To reset my eyes and my heart on the right and true treasure. We choose where to set our hearts, we choose our treasure. Now, when our gaze is on the world, on ourselves, we begin to see money or material reward as more desirable to God than God. This is what Jesus calls a bad eye, an eye full of darkness. A bad eye worships the created rather than the creator. They do not know God as Father and cannot see blessing or grace as the beautiful treasure it is. Now, in the natural, an eye is a very good guide. We look with our eyes where we want to go. We see we can make steps to get there. So this is what Jesus is talking about when he refers to the eye as the lamp of the body. Jesus says that whatever is our master is like the eye that guides us. If we love money... It will eventually destroy us. Paul says this in 1 Timothy. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. But if we love God, we will, as Jesus says, seek his kingdom first, because we will desire him, and everything will be added to us. A good, healthy eye is one that is full of light. It knows and trusts in their good heavenly Father to provide for their every need. It does not need to strive for their own advancement or treasure or wealth. So with our gaze fixed on God, we know and trust him as our source and provider, and there is an overflow of love and generosity from that place. Paul says this, Second Corinthians 9, God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that because you have enough of everything in every way at all times, you will overflow in every good work. Now God, who provides seed for the sower and bread for food, will provide and multiply your supply of seed and will cause the harvest of your righteousness to grow. You will be enriched in every way so that you may be generous on every occasion, which is producing through us thanksgiving to God. You see, a good eye is one who is generous out of the overflow of their confidence in Jesus as their source. And this is actually what the people of Jesus' day understood the term good eye to mean. The phrase, give with a good eye, was commonly used, even in more recent times, as a way of asking for donations, a way of saying, please will you be generous, give generously. Now there are lots of generous people in the world, but this is more than just putting $20 in the donation box or giving your spare change to the guy on the street. Those things are great, but the kind of generosity Jesus talks about here is a position of the heart. It goes beyond just giving money away. It's one that sees God as greater than the money, God as the source. And from that perspective of God first, we can serve others and bless others because it's an overflow of love. You can be generous without love, but you cannot love without being generous. The generosity we have in Christ comes from the very nature of who God is. God is love. And he is generous, he's compassionate, he's merciful, gracious, he forgives, his sacrifice, all of who he is and what he has done is because he is generous in nature. So this is the generosity we find when we set God as our treasure and truly rely and trust in him. Wayne mentioned this last week, he said, what you behold, you become. If you behold a generous God, you will become generous like him. What you set as your treasure will direct where you go. A good eye loves and imitates God's generosity because it values God and the things that God values above earthly things. A bad eye begrudges God's generosity towards people because it values the object or the money above God and the things God values. A bad eye is enslaved to the treasures of the earth, the lusts of the flesh and darkness of the world. And in essence, it is idolatry. Jesus warns us that we cannot serve two masters. So if we walk this path, we will plunge into ruin and destruction and end up despising God. But when Christ is our Lord and master, we live with a healthy eye because we see God, the things of the world and the people around us through God's perspective. When God is our focus and desire, we look with an eye of love and light and we live in love and generosity towards others. Now we come to Jesus' exhortation to not be anxious. Nathan gave a good little speech on this this morning. When we set our gaze on Christ, our anxiety will reduce. Do not be anxious about whether your needs will be supplied. Your heavenly Father knows them. This is the God who gives generously in every way. He provides seed for the sower, bread for food. He clothes the flowers, he feeds the birds. He is the one that adds hours to the day, not you. Jesus says we do not need to be anxious about tomorrow or about anything because he is God, he is our source, he is our good Father. As followers of Jesus... We are not what Jesus refers to as the Gentiles or the pagans, the ones that do not know God as their father. We do know God as our father, the one who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. And when we know him, we know his love for us, that he is is attentive to our every need, and we can have confidence in that. You'll all agree with me that we're living in an age filled with anxiety, anxiety, many personal and global events taking place that make it easy to be anxious. And we can't expect these things to lessen as the time of Jesus' return draws closer. So how do we have peace and joy in the midst of it? I believe that how we respond and live in the midst of crises as Christians is an important witness to unbelievers. People want peace, they want joy, they want hope. And if they see us living in that reality, they're going to come asking and we can share with them the gospel. So do you, do we have this peace or are we just as anxious as the rest of society? If you do feel anxious often, I encourage you to consider where your eyes are focused. When we spend time gazing on Christ, we will feel less anxious. I'll bring you back to this rock climbing analogy Here we have some climbers hanging out on the side of the cliff Enjoying the view These guys have put all their trust into that rock and the equipment They've tested it and tried it They're using it They know they're safe Because there's no way they'd be there otherwise Then we have this guy He looks like he's clinging on for dear life Because he pretty much is (laughs) pretty intense, he's putting all his own energy and strength into clinging on that rock and moving himself up there's no safety rope above him to help pull him up there is a little rope below him but if he slips, he's still going to fall and this is how we can picture anxiety oftentimes we're so focused on what we want or what we think we need we're so focused on holding tightly to something rather than on the provider we're expending all our energy with often no way but down. Instead, Jesus wants us to be camping out on the side of the cliff. Agreed, they put in some hard work to get that far, but they were helped with their equipment. And they have full, full confidence and strength in the rock to hold them. They're even able to rest and enjoy some of the beauty around them in the middle of their journey. So when we feel anxiety rising, this is what Jesus says to do. Look to him. Look to Christ, the rock. Do not be anxious, but instead seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Pursue him. Seeking is an active word. It takes effort. It is not passive. Seeking first the kingdom of God is fighting the good fight of faith. It's taking hold of the eternal life to which you were called. The writer of Hebrews says, Look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. It was the joy before him that enabled Jesus to endure and overcome. Jesus' gaze was firmly set on his Father in heaven. And so this too is where our gaze should be firmly fixed. Seek first the kingdom of God And his righteousness. Set your gaze firmly on that beautiful summit view. On the treasures of the kingdom of heaven. Look to the rock. The one who is your source. Because he will provide for your every need. Choose God. Seek God. Treasure God. And then you will have an eye that is full of light. You will be a shining light of generosity. And you will be free to be at peace. And free from anxiety. Amen.